guitar is one of the oldest instruments. To play it, you blow into a pipe attached to a leather or synthetic bag, then press on the bag to force the air out The Big Rap Show podcast is very kindly sponsored by G1 Reads. Be sure to check out G1 on Facebook and on G1Reads.com. Their G1 Platinum Chanter and G1 Platinum Reads famously played by the 2016 Champion of Champions in Verarian District. Plus, the Red Hot Chili Pipers. So many thanks to the guys at G1 for keeping the lights on here at the Big Rab Show podcast. Yes, hello there. What about you? Welcome along to another Big Rab Show podcast. What about you? Now, believe it or not, this podcast was maybe not even going to happen. <laughs> because I I dropped my sound recorder that I normally do all of my recordings on. I dropped it into a massive puddle. So this podcast was almost dead in the water, <laughs> so to speak. But no, managed to find a ways and means of recording it. So I know it'll probably sound a bit different this week. But hopefully we'll get back on track and everything will get fixed. And all that new stuff. If anything, I have to go and order myself a brand new sound recorder now. <sighs> but any excuse, any excuse, eh? Hey, Grounds. Well, welcome along to the Big Rab Show podcast. For those of you who haven't listened to the podcast before, we are the show for the piping folk. That's what we count ourselves as. So, yeah, if it has bagpipes in it, around it, near it, or even looks at it sideways, we are the show for you. So, yeah, this last few podcasts have just been crazy. The amount of feedback we've got. And the amount of people just tuning in and listening and saying that they love it is just fantastic. So recently we set up an email address, bigrabshow at gmail.com. And we've asked you guys to message us in. And yeah, so here we are. But this is the new section of the show, which I'm still getting used to, to be honest. Um, but yeah, here is listener mail. And we'll start with the first one. This one comes in from J.D. Ingram. He says, hey, Rab, few thoughts on the future of piping. Have you heard much from Lincoln Hilton with the modern piping page? Yes, Ingram, I have. Mr. Ingram, sorry, I have. <laughs> I have indeed. I'm a big fan of Lincoln, actually. Lincoln's doing some amazing stuff over there on modernpiping.com. Um, so definitely worth checking out. If you haven't caught Lincoln's stuff yet, go now and catch him. He's really, really worth listening to. So, um... Yeah, I mean, see, I think some of his compositions represent some of the most creative stuff written for bagpipes today. I would be inclined to agree. So SFU apparently played his 400% piping piece in concert. And then Ingram actually, Mr. Ingram actually heard it in the circle played by Dunedin High School, grade 3 band from Dunedin, Florida, and USA. There you go. So some of Lincoln's videos actually include modifying the chanter to play accidentals. Or in other key signatures. How do you feel about that stuff? Um, I don't know much about it, to be honest. But, hey, you know, oh, more power to his elbow. Brilliant. Um, not sure we could bring it to a pipe band kind of setup, though. But definitely, definitely all up for, you know, playing these accidentals and unusual key signatures and that. You know, bring it on, I say. All the better. Um, he's also went on to say, in regards to the anti-social performance circle, because yeah, in the last podcast we were talking about all of this, and he says the EU SPBA uh, codified suggestions for a concert format contest this year, which he quite appreciated. Uh, we actually participated in the first stage contest 
last year. They had risers in the back of the stage for optional use, so we ended up using the whole snare line in front of the pipe core with the basin pipes making a long unbroken semicircle all the way across the stage. And in front, piping judges sat near the front of the audience. So ensemble in the middle and the drumming right beside the stage. So there you go. This is all really interesting. So, yeah, if they were going with this whole uh, concert kind of setup, hmm, it's interesting, to be honest, you know. it's Yeah, I would like to see how it happens and how it went down, so I'm going to have to look this up. And he also asks, do you think the RSPBA could be convinced to follow suit in sanctioning concert format contests that otherwise meet the same musical standards? Do you know what? Pretty good shout, actually. And it probably is something the RSPBA should look at. Um, so, yeah, I'm all for it, you know. Um, so, yeah, that's from, again, J.D. Ingram with the Charleston Pipe Band, South Carolina in the USA. Thanks a million for your email. Right, we've got more to come. And along the same kind of yoke, here's Mr. Jim Williamson. Of course, Jim, he's emailed in the show before, so thanks, Jim, for mailing in. Okay, here we go. He says, Hi, Rab. Once again, I enjoy the podcast and your talk on the future of pipe bands. Thank you, Jim. You reminded me of last year's contest in Chicago. The Grade 2 and Grade 3 entrants play their MSRs in the traditional fashion. March to the line, march in, circle up. And their medleys, however, were played in concert formation, facing the judges and the majority of the spectators. Now, this is exactly what we were talking on the last podcast. This is kind of a break from tradition. So brilliant, I say. You know, change is good. So he says, uh, the change attracted a lot of attention and pipe band media coverage. I think even RSPBA took note on their website. Hmm. Well, there you go, Jim. I didn't honestly know, but I didn't catch this. So I might have been caught napping, I'm afraid. But yeah, this could be worth considering, I think. Anyway, uh, he's going on to say, he says, I have yet to hear anyone say anything really negative about it. The most negative thing I've heard was a few players didn't like the change because they don't like change. (laughs) Do you know what, Jim? You are up against it. You know, when it comes to things like this, some people are really just reluctant to change. So, hey... You know, (laughs) you can't please everyone. The spectators really liked it, I can imagine. So, and for the most part, the musicians I asked either really liked it or simply gave the Midwest Pipe Band Association credit for trying something new and different. And you know what? Fair play to the Midwest Pipe Band Association. Taking a gamble and doing something new, it's not easy. And a lot of associations really do kind of stick their necks out when things like this tried, you know, get tried. And Yeah, fair play to them. Good on them. So he says, uh, change will come in baby steps as the old guard gives way to the guys who grew up listening to Gordon Duncan and Fred Morrison. Yeah, and then these guys assume positions of power in prominent pipe band associations. I completely agree, Jim. And as you say, baby steps. Who would have thought, you know, 10, 15 years ago, it would have been unthinkable to be playing Gordon Duncan tunes in a medley. You know, in a competition circle. But now it's commonplace. You know, even Fred Morrison tunes as well. That was unheard of to play any kind of Fred stuff. And now again, it's commonplace. So change is happening. So I do really want to see change. He he asks here, do you really want to see change? Yes, I do. I think it's been long enough now. We've been doing this kind of competitive thing now. 
this competitive tradition, I think, now for, what, 30, 40 years having the same format, I think doing something to shake it up and to change it, I think, would definitely be a good thing. So, you know, it's all it's all to come in the future, I think. I think the piping world is certainly in, in a healthy position at the moment where we can consider changes like this. So, yeah, that's my thoughts. I would love to see change. Um, just because... It's been the same way for so long. It would be good to see it change. But hey, that's just me. Anyway, thanks to Jim. Jim Williamson, of course, there of Topeka, Kansas in the USA. Thanks a million, Jim, for emailing in. I much appreciate it. I've got an email here now from the Piping Queen. Of course, Ellie Neilgrove has messaged us in. And she says, really enjoy the podcast. So the chat about pipe band versus Celtic folk scene was really interesting. Thank you. For me, being self-taught and having never had anything to do with pipe bands, the folk scene is totally where it's at. Why I'm completely shocked that you're self-taught. Wow. So she says, I totally agree with you that the tunes are more exciting and creative. Wacky and mad could be good words for some of them. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, I have a few thoughts, but not, but never for very long that maybe I should get into the band scene to develop as a player and get some tuition. The main reason that keeps me away from it is the restrictiveness. And you know, that's what puts off a lot of players. Now, essentially, I am a pipe band man. It's my bread and butter. It's where I've came through, you know, from the piping world. So I would be completely biased whenever I would say, go and join a pipe band. (laughs) Get that kind of direction. Get your tuition. Learn. You kind of you learn your alphabet before you learn how to spell. That's kind of what pipe bands do. You know. Yes, they're restricted. Yes, they go by dots on the page and all of that. But you need to know kind of the foundation before you can add the flair. If that makes any sense. Um, the likes of Gordon Duncan and all these greats. They all came from the pipe and scene. They all came from pipe bands. You know, they all came from the likes of the Vale of Ahel pipe band and there's Lincoln Hilton as well. You know, he's been in pipe bands all over the world. So, you know, these guys are grounded in the pipe band tradition. So whenever they go to be creative, they have that kind of background there. You know, that's kind of the argument I would put to it. Um, so she goes on to say, I couldn't go from all this freedom and creativity to the tight restrictions of playing on a pipe band. I want to learn whichever tunes I want when I want. Now, fair play. You know, I can't argue with that. Whenever you're with a pipe band, you are kind of restricted. You know, you are told, here's the set we're playing for a medley, guys. This is what you're learning. And that's it. You know, that's how it all operates. So, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) So she goes on, not to mention throwing in slides and other chromatic notes like C's and F naturals that spice things up and make them even more interesting. Yes. But you know what? There's Inverary this past year. They were playing slides in their sets. There has been bands in the past, specifically even St. Lawrence Atul. They've been plan- playing some natural notes in there too. So, you know, bands are shaping it, are shaking it up as well. So, yeah. She goes on to say, I had no idea of different styles of piping when I started playing five years ago. Um, I had only heard local pipe bands and dancing pipers from Highland you know, dancers. When you were growing up, and you assumed that there was no other piping, I then sort of accidentally ended up playing in a Cayley band and exposed to all the other fantastic stuff and all the great bands that I mentioned on the previous podcast, and have been addicted ever since. 
it does get addictive, doesn't it? <laughs> I am ever more excited, um, even more excited than you, sorry, about the new Ross and Ali's new album. Oh my God, it's going to be amazing. So I really cannot come soon enough. I completely agree. Ross and Ali Hutton, get your finger out and get this album made. There's so many people looking to hear this. So she says, sorry for the long-winded email. Not at all. That's what this is about. And she says, anyway, excellent chat about all this on the podcast. Thanks for it. And yeah, it's great to hear a pipe band man who also loves and appreciates Celtic and folk music. Of course I do. If anything, it's, yeah, once you've spent over two, three hours listening to pipe bands, it's good to get a bit of a break, to be honest, and start listening to something else. So the folk music scene, Celtic music scene, is where all the creativity is happening in the piping world, to be honest. So, grand, that was it for listener mail. We did get a bunch of other emails, but didn't really ask any questions or add any points. It was basically just saying, hey, Rob, your show's awesome, kind of thing. So, thank you, everyone, <laughs> who's been emailing in. I would urge you, if you want to get a shout-out on the podcast, or even have any thoughts on anything that we spoke about before here on the podcast, definitely give us an email bigrabshow at gmail.com not a difficult address to you know remember or forget but plus also we're on facebook as well which is the big rab show on facebook plus we're on twitter as well at big rab show if you like so there you go there you have it that was our listener mail section right time to get on with the piping news what's been happening this past week well details of the 2018 glasgow tattoo have finally been announced now for those of you who haven't been to the glasgow tattoo the first one was held this year in january in the sec hydro in glasgow well they've announced it it's happening again yes the sec hydro in glasgow will host the 2018 tattoo this is happening on the 9th and 10th of february So, yes, they're making the announcement pretty early in my book. But the reason why they're announcing it is because they have some early bird specials. So if you have or even want to go to see this tattoo, go along to the SEC Hydro website. And, yeah, full ticket information is available up there. And you get special offers for being an early bird. Now, they haven't announced who's going to be performing at the tattoo yet. So that could be a bit of a sticking point. Going to go and buy tickets for a tattoo that you don't know who's going to be there. So, (laughs) kind of stands the reason why would you buy a ticket when you don't know who's going to be there. But rest assured, the Glasgow tattoo last year pulled in some of the cream of the crop, really, of the piping world. So, yeah, I think it's not going to disappoint from a piping fan's point of view. Could be certainly worth an investment. The 2018 Glasgow tattoo will be... A pretty stellar event, not going to joke. Grant, let me see now. The City of London Pipe Band. Yes, they made an announcement there this past week that they have been officially graded. So, congratulations to the City of London Pipe Band. These guys have been working their tail off. It's been ridiculous. They have been insanely working hard over the winter months and have finally been graded as grade Two. So congratulations everyone. City of London Pipe Band. It's an amazing achievement to get graded in grade two. But there's the big but. The work starts now, guys. <laughs> so as congratulations may be in order for making it to grade two. Yeah, the work starts now. Because grade two is not going to be easy this season. So I wish you luck. 
So also looking forward to seeing you on the grass. Um, looking at some of the footage and stuff that you've been uploading on Facebook from your practices and that. It certainly looks very promising. So City of London Pipe Band. You hear it from me first. You're going to have to keep an eye out for these guys. Definitely a band to watch. Grand. Also a band announcing a grading this past week was the Kansas City Pipe Band. Yes, they have been formally upgraded. Yes, they've been upgraded now from grade 5 up to grade 4. So congratulations to Kansas City Pipe Band. So of course that was from the Midwest Pipe Band Association. And they've announced it there just this past week. So congratulations to everyone there at Kansas City. Definitely a testament to all the hard work that's been going on there. So well done, guys. Congratulations. Now, the Ottawa Police Pipe Band. Yes, you all know them. are grade 1 extraordinaires there, the Ottawa Police Pipe Band. They've currently announced that they are searching for a new lead drummer. Now, you may just ask, why are they looking for a new lead tip? Because surely they've only just put one in place. Yes, they've only just put one in place, and his name's Brendan Kelly. But Brendan has actually done the band a solid. He's let them know almost a year in advance that he's going to be stepping back from the band due to personal reasons. So in 2018, the band will be looking for a new lead drummer. So Brendan will be taking them out this season in 2017. So yeah, he'll be you know in charge of the back line, but he's under notice. He's let the band know you have a year to get someone to fill these shoes. So, hey, there you go. It's your opportunity. If you fancy lifting the sticks and taking charge of the Grade 1 Ottawa Police Pipe Band, now's your chance. Yeah, the band are looking for you just to get in contact with them uh, through any member, even through their social media, uh, anything like that at all. Um, yeah, and they'll get in contact, ask for a CV, possibly even a, an audition. I don't know how these things work. But yeah, if you're interested, get in contact with the Ottawa Police Pipe Band. Also a band that's recruiting at the moment is Battle Hill. Yes, Battle Hill Pipe Band here from Northern Ireland are currently looking for two tenor drummers. Yeah, they're looking for two tenor drummers. So they're looking to bolster the ranks of what they have already, and it's for this incoming season. Now, we know it's kind of late in the recruitment stage. Like, what's this, March? Season's only around the corner. So they are looking for tenor drummers with previous experience. So if you are a tenor drummer and haven't got a band yet and are interested in heading heading out and hitting the green uh, this incoming season, get in contact with Glenn Falloon. His number is 078-018-37820. Now, I know I don't have to repeat that again because this is a podcast and you can mind it back. So... (laughs) Glenn Fulham, get in contact with Glenn or Battle Hill Pipe Band, of course, through all their social media. If you are interested in lifting the tenor sticks with Battle Hill, there you go. There's your opportunity. Now, Upper Cross Gar Pipe Band, of course, from Northern Ireland, they are presenting a night. To raise a bit of funds, presenting a night of pipe, gospel and folk music. Now, that's a mixture and a half. Honestly, don't know how it's going to come across, but hey, you know, it's going to be interesting, if nothing else. So yeah, Upper Cross Guard presenting this night of piping, gospel music and folk music. And it's going to be held in the Eden Grove Church Hall, Friday the 21st of April, and doors open at 7.30. Tickets can be got from any band member at all. So contact Upper Cross Guard Pipe Band through their social media, and they'll hook you up with tickets. Now, they haven't said who's going to be performing on the night yet, but I can only assume the Upper Cross Gar Pipe Band will be there themselves. I assume, 
I could be wrong, but yeah, they have yet to announce who the acts are. But as I say, the concert's not until the 21st of April, so who knows, we might hear before then. So there you are, contact Upper Cross Car Bound if you're looking for tickets. Now, the Kingdom Thistle solos. We mentioned this on last week's podcast, and I'm giving them another mention on this week's podcast. Because, for very good reason, 31st of March, Friday, the entries for the solos close. And I can't stress that enough. Um, they are still getting messages from people who are kind of procrastinating and just, Ugh, I don't know whether I will. Well, make up your mind. Because... The door is closing. Yes, they're urging people to go on kingdomthistle.com to download their entry pack that has all your details on there, you know, your playing requirements and all that kind of stuff. So if you're interested in competing at this year's Kingdom Thistle 2017 Solo Piping and Drumming Championships, get your entries in now. Go to kingdomthistle.com. Full details are all up there. Yes, you have to get them in by Friday the 31st. So that doesn't really give you too long now, does it? Mm. Anyway, right, let's talk about some Big Rab Show stuff, will we? Because, yeah, this also made the piping news this week. I want to know your thoughts. I'm going to pick your brains. This is where you guys get to email in at bigrabshow at gmail.com. Now, our podcast, this wonderful thing that you're listening to in your ear holes right now. Our podcast reached a bit of a milestone last week. We reached episode 10. Now that was nothing short of amazing. For something that I honestly thought would just start out as a bit of an experiment has turned into be something pretty darn special. That's through no small you know, means of our great, great sponsor, G1 Reads. Those guys have helped out so, so much. And yeah, I can't sing their praises enough. It's just been fantastic. Thank you everyone at G1. But also... The reason why I had is mentioned in the news at all, in the paper news this week, is because of you guys. You guys have been enjoying the show so much and spreading it and telling everyone about the podcast. It's been insane. We've hit over 2,000 downloads already and we're only 10 episodes in. So you guys are just awesome. This is a special word of thanks to you guys who've been listening to the podcast this last 10 weeks since we've launched and you guys have managed to push us over that threshold of 2,000 downloads. So thank you. The last I checked, it was 2,000 and change. <laughs> I'm not giving precise numbers, but yeah, it's been insane. But as I said, started out as a bit of an experiment to see how we go, and it's just mushroomed into something that's incredible. So thank you to everyone out there. Now, I would urge you, if you have enjoyed the podcast at all, during this past 10 weeks, definitely give us a, you know, a, what do you call it, a rating on iTunes, I guess what you call it, where you give the, you know, the three or four stars or whatever, but preferably five. And yeah, drop us a line, you know, drop a wee comment to say, oh, the podcast is okay, you know, it passes half an hour whenever I'm on the bus or anything like that that you can do for us on iTunes. We really much appreciate it. And also, tell your friends about the podcast. If you're listening to this now and you haven't spoke to your piping mate, have you heard the Big Rab Show podcast yet? What are you doing? <laughs> yes, definitely tell them, mate. Tell them all about the podcast. Get them to download it. And yeah, because then we can grow our audience and say hello to more people. and It'll be awesome. 
Also, get us your emails into us at bigrabshow at gmail.com because we love, I love to hear from you. And yeah, it's just awesome to hear your opinions, guys. And also, if you can record a little voice message and email it into us, that would be awesome too because then we could record it on the podcast. Do you know? And then you'll get to hear your voice on the show. Wouldn't that be cool? Grand. So, yeah, that was a special bit of news for this week for, about the podcast itself. It's going swimmingly. So thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Also, I want to have your thoughts on something that we've been doing on our social media now for quite a while. Throwback Thursday. Not sure if you've been tuned into our Facebook page over this past, I don't know, 9, 12 months maybe. But we've been doing a section every Thursday called Throwback Thursday. It's turned out to be pretty popular. But I wanted to ask the question... Do you guys enjoy Throwback Thursday? The reason I'm asking is because it's insanely labour-intensive. Now, I mean, it takes almost a full week, Thursday to Thursday, to dredge up these videos. What a Throwback Thursday is, it's basically a collection of old, old videos, some of them not so old, of bands from all over the world. Like, say, I were looking at the Victoria Police from 1992. Then I would spend ages trying to Google to find this video, and then finally get it posted on the Rab Show page as part of Throwback Thursday. So the reason why I'm asking the question, it takes so long to put together. (laughs) And it's a bit of a labour of love. I love doing it because I get to trawl through all these great recordings of bands from way back. But sometimes, just sometimes, sitting and dredging through all these videos, it takes hours and hours and hours. Sometimes I just wonder, thinking, oh, what am I doing? (laughs) Do you know, is anybody really enjoying this or is it only really me that gets any benefit out of it? So, yeah, that's what I'm asking. Do you guys enjoy Throwback Thursday? If you do, get an email into us, bigrabshow at gmail.com. If you enjoy what we do over on Facebook with Throwback Thursday and different things like that, definitely get in contact with us because then we'll know to keep it going. Grant, well, do you know what? (laughs) With me managing to throw my recorder into a puddle... And, yeah, it's just been a bit of a disaster, the podcast this week. But, you know, I think I've managed to get through the piping news okay. I reckon it's time to go and get a cup of tea, and it's that time of the week again. Welcome to, what's this? Oh, it's the Big Rab Show podcast. Nice. The Big Rab Show on Fuse FM, Balmont. Tuesday nights, 7pm to 9 they are the show for the piping folk, reflecting everything from the bagpiping world. Celtic music, folk music, solo piping, and of course, pipe bands. Bagpipes are your thing? Tune in to The Big Rap Show. The Big Rap Show, Tuesday nights, 7 till 9, on Fuse FM, Balamone. Hello, this is Fred Morrison, and you're listening to The Big Rap Show. Well, now here on the Big Rab Show podcast, we have a regular feature. It's the topic of the week. Yes, indeed. It's Rab here, and it's time for the topic of the week. And yes, as always, I put the topic of the week in the title and always give the game away. So yeah, this week we're talking about piping and finances. Because let's face it, this is not the cheapest hobby in the world. (laughs) And I know every one of you is probably laughing along or even nodding your head and going, yeah, I've spent a fortune on this rubbish. Now, 
There's one story, one such story that I forgot to mention in the pipe of news, and I will raise it now. The Field Marshal Montgomery Pipe Band have just released a new album called Impact. Of course, it was the live recording of their concert in the Royal Concert Hall in Glasgow. Now, this was at last year's World Championships, of course, during Pipe and Live. And the recording itself is just epic. I cannot stress enough how amazing it is. Yeah, if you've looked at any of the drone chorus on YouTube videos of the Field Marshal Montgomery's concert, you're going to know what you're in for. I cannot wait to get a copy of this album. I have it ordered. I'm just waiting patiently now on the mail. But one thing I'll take from it, and the reason why it's hitting this topic, is because the Field Marshal Montgomery have waited. The concert now was held in August. Here we are now, March the following year, and it's only now they're releasing this. But they've released it as a special edition. Now, this got me scratching my head, thinking, what? Why? Because it's a two-disc special edition recording, a live recording of their Impact concert. The reason it's special edition is because they've only released a thousand of them. Now, they're charging £15 per copy per album. And, I don't know, you could do the math, whatever it is, in dollars or wherever it is that you live. But um, £15 for a limited edition... You know, it's kind of peanuts, really. And I'm kind of thinking, are the Field Marshal Montgomery really getting their money's worth? Because, you know, th- this album is going to be snapped up by all of us piping fans. We're going to be tripping over ourselves to get this. So, you know, we've been waiting on it for so long now, and here it is. I'm sure people will be breaking the door down to get their hands on this. So, yeah, it just I don't understand it. I, I, don't, I don't get it. But anyway... That got me thinking about pipe band finances in general. And whenever I look back on it on my own pipe band career, I look at the amount of money that I have spent personally on either pipe band recordings or even on my own uniform, going to competitions, on instruments, on sticks and heads and straps and you know, you rip a sock or something, you get you get some new bro brogues or yeah, do you know what I mean? This is not a cheap hobby. It really isn't. Like the uniform alone, you're talking about getting a good high quality grade kilt, you know, a pipe band kilt as we would call it. To get, to get the kilt alone, that's <laughs> a stupid amount of money. And then you're talking to dress yourselves from the toes through your head. It's a crazy amount of money. Do you know what I mean? And that's just the uniform. Never mind getting your instrument. That you could be constantly spending money. for I think for an HTS Premier snare drum, you're talking hundreds of pounds. You know, for a Premier snare drum, I don't know what the Adante and maybe the Pearl drums could be a little cheaper. but um, Or maybe even a bit dearer, I don't know. Um, but yeah, the money itself to buy yourself an instrument. Let's not talk about bagpipes. You could spend thousands and thousands and thousands on pipes. Like I've seen some of them go on for tens of thousands. Ridiculous kind of prices. But those are the ones that are sold at auction for collectors and all that kind of thing. But, um, you know, it's not a cheap hobby, really. So the reason why I wanted to talk about it on the podcast is as much as we love our hobby, as much as we love our music, it's probably one of the downsides to it. You know, it's not cheap. <laughs> you know, it really isn't a cheap thing to do. So, you know, my sympathy goes out to bands, really, who are just trying to start. 
Because whenever you look at things and you break it all down into expenditure and what it actually costs to set up and run a pipe band, that costs a crazy amount of money. Now, let's look at things. I've had a lot of people contacting the show in the past saying, Hey, Rob, I've been interested in starting playing bagpipes for a while. I've managed to find these bagpipes on eBay. They cost me £80. Do you think they'll be any good? Now, I've looked at the link or whatever that they've managed to send me from eBay and found that the bagpipes are made in Pakistan. Now, we haven't approached this topic yet about our good friends from Pakistan, but some of the stuff coming from Pakistan may not be of the highest quality. Now, by no means am I slagging them, but I have seen some sets of bagpipes coming from Pakistan that mm, you could say that they're ornamental. Yeah, I would say that you probably would never be able to play a set of these. Uh, Now, I'm a drummer, and even I can tell. (laughs) You know, um, I I, I don't know. (laughs) Ooh, I'm probably upsetting a lot of people. But, yeah, a lot of bagpipes and stuff coming from Pakistan, uh, yeah, just aren't great. Really aren't that good. But, you know, people look, you know, as a way and a means to get into our wonderful music. And that's what they see as the entry level. You know what I mean? Oh, I can get a set of bagpipes for, you know, £70. I don't know what that is in dollars. It's about $80, $90, whatever. And, you know, that's the entry level. That's scary. And then I've seen the uniforms and everything that gets mass produced, you know, in a factory somewhere, uh, way in the backs of beyonds and, and the likes of Pakistan or at different countries abroad. And they get, you know, sent in and you could maybe dry your dishes with them. You know, they're paper thin. And, <laughs> you know, if you're standing on Glasgow Green at the World Championships and there's a good stiff breeze blowing, especially if it's raining too, you don't want your kilt to be see-through. Or worse still, to be such lightweight that you spend most of your time trying to you spend most of your time trying to keep your kilt down, so you don't like spend your time blushing all the time. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Uh, anyway, this is what I'm getting at. The cheaper option for pipe band materials seems to be just that—the cheaper option. So uh, yeah, there's most of the stuff that we can start out with when you're looking at eBay. And you're talking about importing stuff. Some of it can be really dodgy. Now, I'm not saying all of it, mind you. Don't get me wrong. There are some, you know, uniforms and instruments and stuff that you can buy abroad that's actually really good. And, and you know, like, don't get me wrong. I have seen some bagpipes that, you know, you could set in a mantelpiece and that'll be it. But there have been some that actually sounded pretty good and have surprised me in the past. I remember seeing a set of bagpipes that was entirely made out of plastic and I thought these would just sound like they were made out of Lego and they would be horrible. But, you know, with the right read set up and everything, and it just sounded great. You know, it actually really sounded good. So, I don't know. I don't know. But let's talk about pipe band finances. As yourself as an individual, if you ever looked at it, the amount of money that you spend as an individual going to competitions... And actually spending money when you're there <laughs> can really ramp up. Because let's face it, the tickets here for the World Championships aren't cheap. 
especially if you have to pay on the gate as a spectator. You know, getting through the gate on the day, especially if you buy the two-day ticket. You know, now the world's in a two-day event. You get the Friday and the Saturday. That mounts up. But Plus, whenever you're in there, let's not even talk about beer tent prices. Now, come on. How much is a pint of beer in the beer tent? That is always, always an argument. Plus, even if you're just looking a burger, a bottle of water or something, <laughs> and depending how early you're there, you can maybe even buy breakfast. Yeah, the prices aren't that cheap. Whenever the vendors are there at the World Championships, they have to pay, you know, an amount of money to be on the field in the first place. That's completely understandable. You have to pay for your pitch. But to pass that price on to the customer, sometimes it can be, you know, kind of extortionist. I remember one particular year, I think it was a few years ago, actually, I went up to a chip van and I was in a rush I think it was actually playing at the time. And uh, yeah, I the band was about to head the final tune and, and the pipe major gave us like 10 minutes to go have a whiz and maybe get something to eat. Well, I forgo the whiz and I went to go and get myself something to eat and went to the, the burger van or whatever. And I says, uh, give, give me a cheeseburger and a bottle of water. Okay. And the girl says, no problem. And she started cooking it. And she says, that's £9.50. And I, you, what? <laughs> I... Are you sure? What's the burger made out of? I would like to see this cow. <laughs> oh, my word. And do you know what? Only I had been under pressure and, you know, for time and everything. I wouldn't have paid it. I would have said, yeah, stick your nine pound burger. See you later. You know, I'll go out here and eat some grass off the Grade 1 arena. But <laughs> I paid it and, you know, edit. And do you know... Because you're in there, in that kind of Glasgow Green, you're kind of a captive audience at that point. And you're kind of, you know, hemmed in. You have to pay the prices. Although I do know some sneaky people who sneak in a packed lunch and all that kind of stuff. So maybe that's that's the way to do it. You never know. But I have noticed people carrying in carryouts and stuff. You know, the old little sneaky bottle of vodka or whatever in with them. And nah, that all gets binned. Uh, because they have been pretty stringent this past few years. They actually go through people's backpacks and things. So, yeah, that's that's a different topic entirely, isn't it? But, yeah, going to competitions can be a very pricey affair. When you take into effect, you know, all of your travel that you pay for yourself as an individual, you have to get yourself there. You pay your money to get into the thing. You buy a program. You may get yourself a burger or a chip or something. And, you know, it all mounts up. Plus, you're paying for your uniform, you're paying for your instrument that you're playing that day, and heaven help us if you break a set of sticks or bust a head or need a new reed or, I don't know, maybe you forgot your cape that day. I've seen people forgetting capes and having to buy new ones, and again, paying through the nose for them just to have them because it was lashing out of the heavens. How much is that cape there? Ah, uh, that's, um, that's about 300 quid, mate. <laughs> Now, I'm not saying that this has been done. I was only joking. But there has been occasions where people need to buy things in an emergency and don't have cash with them and just find themselves in such a state. Because this piping game, it takes cash money. It does take finance. And running a band is no mean feat. Now, from my common experience, running a pipe band from a financial point of view is not easy. Bands pay for hotels, they pay for, you know, buses buses and, you know, ferries and planes and all of this kind of stuff. 
And all of that takes money. It has to come from somewhere. Plus, bands buy instruments. You know, a lot of bands buy their own. You know, I'm not saying individuals play their own instruments. The bands normally get a set of drums. They normally get a set of, you know, bags, you know, chanters. They all play the same chanters, all play the same reeds, all of us. You know, everything's uniform. So, of course, the band has to pay for it all. So where does that money come from? Now, from common experience, most pipe bands in the lower grades specifically all pay band dues. All the members pay dues into a band. Now, each band, from experience, has a different level of payment, let's just say. Um, I've been a members of different bands from grade 4, uh, you know, grade 4A, grade 4B, and you're paying into the kitty maybe £2, £2 a week. And you're putting £2 into a little box. Now, each time you come into band practice, £2 goes into the box. And that's it. But there are other pipe bands, and I'm not going to name names at all. <clears throat> but, yeah, there are other bands out there that set up direct debits. <laughs> you know, that they can take it direct from your bank account each month. Uh, and it can be quite a sizable sum, uh, especially if you don't earn an awful lot. So, yeah, contributing towards a pipe band's finances, it's quite an undertaking. You know, to be a member of a band is awesome. I'm not taking away from that. But the financial aspect of it can sometimes be a bit of a drain. Now, I am putting this out there as if this is all doom and gloom. It's not doom and gloom by any means. We pay this money and enjoy our hobby as best we can. It's awesome. And it's possibly one of the best hobbies I can ever think of. So... (laughs) it's just kind of the dark side that always remains unspoken is the whole financial side of it now whenever we're talking about piping and drumming we can't look any further than some of their big guns the grade one bands these guys don't have it so easy now we all think ah them big guys are winning all these you know big grade one championships they have it easy and have everything handed to them no they don't They may have sponsorship deals. Some bands do have sponsorship deals. I'm trying to think now. Um, Yeah, Yeah, let's hold, let's look at the Field Marshal Montgomery, for instance. They are kind of, you know, sponsored by RG Hardy. So they look after all their piping needs, you know, all the bagpipes, all their kind of uniform needs as well. I think they get their capes from them as well. Plus, you know, bands get sponsored uh, or endorsed, I should say, by drum manufacturers. So there's St. Lawrence Atul, of course, they're endorsed by Premier. And there, I think, Inverarian District, is all, they're also endorsed by Adante. So they get their drums provided to them. Now, it's not all plain sailing. <laughs> it's not all plain sailing. Because an endorsement means that it's a two-way street. So the company gives the band these instruments. I'm saying, here you go. Here's a fresh set of brand new drums. You guys go and have fun. Then the company then can expect a certain little bit of a kickback. If that band is successful, of course there's going to be photographs of that band being successful playing their instrument. So that in turn is advertisement for that company. And, you know, everyone wants to play whatever instrument or whatever particular thing is successful. So that in itself kind of puts a pipe band in a position where they can't mix and match. They can't make a conscious choice to say, you know, we love the Adanti snare drums, perhaps we're going to play 
Premier bass drum and maybe a dandy tenor drums, but we love the Premier bass drum. All this, you know, you can't mix and match like this. Or maybe they love the Pearl setup, and but they're tied into a contract. Do you know what I mean? So <laughs> I'm not naming names here, by the way, but I'm just saying pipe bands in the upper echelons. There's more to it, the financial side, than what it would be possibly for the lower grades. You know, we always say. You all get things handed to you. It's so easy. But sometimes it really isn't just that clear cut. You know, there is a lot of other ways and means of things that bands have to kind of pay their dues. You know, be it personal appearances even at times. You know, even getting photographed for advertising and different things like that. And making sure that anything that they put out has, you know, badge names and, you know, branding over it. It's just there's so much more involved in it. So the more I kind of looked at it and thought, ah, the grade one boys get it easy. No, they don't. I think it's the age-old problem that the hip-hop song says, more money, more problems. <laughs> so, yeah, our pipe band life, if you want, is an expensive game. And sometimes it's kind of difficult to sell to people, you know, what we do is fun because sometimes people just cannot see past the money. Money, people, money is a massive motivator, and sometimes people can't see past it. You know what I mean? Why would I spend two or three hundred pounds to head over to Glasgow to stand in the rain for two days wearing a kilt <laughs> when I could be spending two or three hundred pounds at home and loving life? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Sometimes I have wondered. When I'm standing in Dumbarton and the rain is going sideways and the band is sounding terrible and no one looks to be having fun. I've often thought to myself, I have spent nearly two or three hundred pound to stand here in the rain. Am I having fun? (laughs) And yeah, sometimes you need to ask yourself that question (laughs) because you you do need a certain level of motivation uh, to compete in the piping game. And so, yeah, for some people, you do make that commitment. It's what you love and it's what you, you know, you spend your money on your passions. So, hey, do you know, sometimes you just step back sometimes and ask yourself, oh, this rain is going sideways and no one looks happy. Is it all worth it? But do you know what? Whenever you look back on it, you can look back and laugh. <laughs> yeah. So when it comes to pipe band finances, I don't think there's any clear-cut, easy way to sell it to anyone. Come and join a pipe band. Yes, it's going to be expensive, possibly stupidly expensive, depending on how far up the ladder in the competitive world you want to go. But if you want to do it, you'll do it. And that's what somebody once said, that if you want to do it, you'll do it. Everything else is just an excuse. (laughs) So, hey... I don't know. You know, I have taken quite a few financial hits over the year, over the years, sorry, thanks to the piping world. But I would never begrudge it for a second because I've enjoyed every moment of it. So I guess that's how we look at the piping world. How much enjoyment do you get from it? And is it worth the investment? So when it comes to pipe bands internationally, let's talk about them. Of course, I'm going to be talking about the Simon Fraser University. And of course, our guys down under from Australia and New Zealand as well. Now, that is a massive, massive financial undertaking. 
Now, when you take into consideration to bring the Simon Fraser University pipe band over to the World Championships every year, that costs $225,000. Now, that is just crazy. I couldn't even imagine that kind of money. So a quarter of a million dollars it takes them to spend to come to Glasgow for World's Week each year. Now, that's just insane. Now, that is also some serious fundraising, so fair play to them. But also, the same could be said for our friends down in Australia and New Zealand. They spend a crazy, crazy amount of money all to try and win that trophy in Glasgow. Yeah, they have the same chance as everyone else. You know, heading to Glasgow Green, sure, your band have spent a quarter of a million dollars to get here. But you've the same chance to hit those opening rolls and play an MSR like anybody else. And, you know, I know it can really narc people sometimes. You know, especially our international listeners. You spend hundreds of thousands getting over to Glasgow and then it lashes with rain the whole time. And your whole performance is spoiled by bad weather. (laughs) Now, it's happened. It has happened before. Simon Fraser, especially, I know I keep saying their name, but there has been other bands. But the reason Simon Fraser stand out in my mind is because I remember one specific world championship where they were playing out of their skin all season. They had a really strong season, and then they came to Glasgow, and people were kind of tipping them to win it. They were like, you know, these guys, these guys are, you know, they're not far away from winning this year. And they went on to the Grade 1 Arena in the final. And it lashed. It lashed out of the heavens as I've never seen rain fall before in Glasgow. And (laughs) the backlash was intense. The band went on, of course, and their sound began to suffer. A few pipers made slips here and there. Drummers obviously were being nervous about dropping sticks or slipping sticks because little mistakes were coming creeping into the drumming as well. And the whole performance as a whole was spoiled due to the bad weather. I even remember specifically noting that the, the judges didn't come out of their tents. The judges came out and caught the introduction and then the rain really started And I remember the judges retreating back into their tents. So they stood inside the tents while the band played. (laughs) So, yeah, for spending all those hundreds of thousands of dollars to stand in the lashing rain and have your final grade one performance kind of ruined like that by bad weather. Do you know, there was a case that was fought by all sorts of supporters online saying, ah, That was totally unfair. They should have let them play again. Or, you know, we should move the world to an indoor venue. Then this kind of thing wouldn't happen. And perhaps they have a point. (laughs) Perhaps they have a point. I'm not saying they do. But, yeah, maybe they do. I don't know. The pipe band thing for me has always been an outdoor instrument. I think if you try to bring it inside to, like, an arena or, you know, like a football pitch with a, a roof or stuff, it would just spoil the whole thing. You know, I don't think you'll get the same effect, you know, listening. Anyway, I don't know. Spoiler, that's another debate entirely, the whole indoor competition thing. But, yeah, things like that happen. And I can completely understand why bands just become jaded with the whole thing. Now, special shout has to go to the New Zealand Police Pipe Band. I have to give them the most 
the utmost respect for this incoming season. They made the announcement there around the start of the year, January, February time, that they won't be making the journey over to Glasgow this year. They're actually going to take stock and do a bit of fundraising. And that was part of their statement, actually. You know, they're going to have guys resting for a period of time because it's been an intense couple of years for them in the New Zealand place. But they're actually going to physically step back and raise some money. So they're going to hold little concerts, you know, like the one I just talked about there about Upper Cross Car. You know, they're running that night there in Eden Grove Church Hall. You know, little things like that. You know, they all help add the dollars and pounds into the old bank account. So... Yeah, when it comes to organising big trips that travel all the way halfway across the world, yeah, you have something in the coffers that, you know, hopefully bear the brunt of it. So, yeah, I have to give full credit to the New Zealand Police Pipe Band. Fair play to these guys, you know, uh, for actually saying that, you know, travelling over to Glasgow all the way from New Zealand isn't the cheapest. And perhaps, you know, we maybe need to take a step back and raise a few quid before we try it again. You know, fair play, guys. You know, utmost respect for you. And sometimes you wonder, how do bands afford it? You know, if the Simon Fraser University are paying a crazy amount of money to come over to the World Championships, you know, you just wonder, how, how are you coming up with that amount of finance? That's a crazy amount of money. It surely couldn't all be coming from merchandise and recordings and all that different things. You know, no matter how many cars you can wash or buns you can sell, you're... <laughs> You're not going to raise $225,000. But hey, these bands managed to do it. So fair play to them. I guess what I'm trying to say in summary for all of this piping finance talk, it's a massive, massive topic, I think. And one, I think, that's kind of a sore area for a lot of bands. I've noticed a lot of bands kind of falling out. And even disbanding all over money, how money is handled. And let's not talk about the association in Australia, will we? No, we won't. Yeah, money seems to do a lot of good in the piping world, but it can also do a lot of damage. So, I don't know. It's a bit of a tough topic to talk about, but one I'm sure can rattle on for a long, long time. So, as much as we love what we do, We also pay for what we love and what we do, you know, and that has an impact on our personal life as well. Because a lot of us have day jobs, you know, a lot of us don't do this piping and drumming thing professionally. You know, it isn't our day job, although that would be awesome. (laughs) But no, a lot of us don't have that luxury. So, you know, it's how we afford to do things. (sighs) Crazy, crazy. Anyway... That's it for the topic of the week. I hope you've enjoyed anything that I've managed to mention in the topic of the week. And as always, if you guys have anything that you want to talk about, about the topic of the week, or anything that I've mentioned on any previous podcast, definitely get an email into us. BigRabShow at gmail.com. If I've mentioned anything that might have annoyed you, ticked you off, or you're now sitting there seething with anger going, that damn rab better shut his mouth, then definitely... Email me in. I want to hear from you. (laughs) I want to hear your argument. But, yeah, hopefully I haven't managed to annoy anybody too badly. But, yeah, pipe band finances is a very big area of the piping world, especially for pipe bands. I only really specifically spoke about pipe bands because that's what I know. Um, But, yeah, the Celtic music scene, the folk music scene, that's a whole other can of worms. Those guys all have to make money too, you know. 
Anyway, when it comes to money, the Big Rab Show here, we do it completely voluntary. I have to say that. We don't make any money at all from Fuse FM. A lot of people say, you know, when I do my radio show on Fuse, that, oh, you must be getting paid handsomely for that. No, I'm not. I'm completely a volunteer on Fuse. I volunteer my time to produce that live radio show two hours every week and repeat it on a Saturday as well. So, yeah, for people who think I'm going to be like a, a multi-millionaire piping and drumming enthusiast, no, I'm afraid not. <laughs> Wish I was. Cheers, that'd be ace. That'd be brilliant. But, hey, I'm not complaining. I love our piping world. I really can't stress that enough. And that's exactly why I do what I do. I do it completely for the love of the music and the piping scene in general. We are one big massive family and I wouldn't have it any other way. Well, that's it for another Big Rap Show podcast. Many thanks to our sponsors, good friends there at G1 Reads. Be sure to check them out on Facebook and at g1reads.com. The G1 Platinum Chanter is played by bands around the world, producing that rich, full-bodied tone. If you don't believe me, just listen to our Champion of Champions 2016 in Verarian District. Many thanks to our good mates there at G1. And until next time, we'll see you right here in the Big Rab Show podcast. All the best.